The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix or at bellford.com. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether on the ice or in line, we are the Valley headquarters for all of your hockey needs. Check us out at BehindTheMask.com. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized shower shoes and koozies at IcetimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Zach Bondurant. All right, welcome in hockey fans, professional hockey fans who may be listening to us live on the Podbean app. Uh, this is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the beautiful D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. We're proud to have them on as partners. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host, as always, from just down the street from me, in Chandler, Arizona, Zach Bondurant is with us, also our uh, photographer extraordinaire. So shout out to Zach for that. Zach, how are you? I'm hanging in there. How about you? <laughs> about the same. Okay, so before we even dig into what's going on uh, in the crazy NHL and AHL world, um, I'm looking at the schedule and I'm looking at the standings and I'm going like, holy crap, who thought this was going to be the way things were going to start with teams playing 10 games, some teams playing six games, some playing seven, eight. It's crazy. Just your thoughts on uh, the way the NHL has started uh, in this abbreviated season, if you will. Um, I mean, yeah, I think the word to describe it is definitely crazy. Um, I mean, personally, I, I think it's kind of weird that, yeah, teams have played six games and we got other teams that have played ten. Um, you know, I don't know. I guess they're going to make those up later on. Um, I don't particularly know why some of the instances are only six or, or whatnot. But, yeah, it's definitely crazy. Um, it looks like some teams have played 11. So, um, yeah, it's just weird. Uh, I'm not quite sure what to make of it, in all honesty. I feel like if – in my personal opinion, I feel like if you if you can't play, then I feel like that would count as a loss and just chalk it up as a game played. And then that's just my personal opinion. I mean, I think if you can't play or you can't go, then you know that's the the show has to move on. Yeah, and and right now it's a it's a mess. I mean, the schedule is being reshuffled and shuffled again. Uh, in our uh, coverage area. The uh, Colorado Avalanche have 10 games under their belt for 13 points and tied for first in the Honda West. Vegas, however, with a 5-1-1 record, has 11 points. They've only played seven games, though. So they've still got six points in hand to make up somewhere along the way. And the Arizona Coyotes just played eight games, and they don't play again until tomorrow night in St. Louis. 
they stand at three, four, and one, and seven points. So it's uh, it, it's definitely weird. And uh, to be able to start, um, you know, it's great to see hockey back, but man, oh man, it's just so so bizarre. I mean, we went with the Washington Capitals having guys out for a couple, three games or whatever it was, and it's like, man, if you can't put your roster together, um, it, it's going to be a battle. And then, um, and we'll get into this in a minute, but then uh, we have the uh, the things that happened up in Vegas this weekend with the uh, the uh, Henderson Silver Knights and the start of their game, um, preseason, I should say, with uh, the San Jose Barracuda. So, We'll save that for when we have our guest, our own beat writer, uh, Stephen Marsh, joining us a little later on. But, okay, so so you're the Colorado expert. Uh, from what you've seen from the Avalanche so far, uh, Zach, what do you think of uh, the start? Obviously, they're in first place, which is good. But um, what do you think of the uh, Avalanche start to the 2021 season? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think the 6-3-1 and one with 13 points is more like what uh, people were expecting from them. Um, last I heard, I don't know if there was an update um, today, but Nathan McKinnon was out. He left the, the game yesterday with the Wild. Um, it's, so it looks like it's not supposed to be serious, um, which is good. Uh, that's, that's obviously a key component in their offense and how they intend to work. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is the start that most people were expecting from the avalanche. Um, I don't think that they really wanted to lose that, that overtime loss, uh, yesterday with Minnesota, but continues the, uh, Minnesota continues to be a Thornton in Colorado side. And, you know, oddly enough, when McKinnon goes down in a Minnesota game, it doesn't surprise me at this point, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, you, I love you it. always, I love you it. always have to think back to Tyson Berry and uh, his Matt Cook um, when they made the playoffs the first time. Patrick Wall was the coach, um, and he went knee to knee with Berry, and the defense proceeded to just crumble after that. So, like I said, it's a little bit of beef between the the Avalanche and the Wild. I think that just kind of subtly continues, but. Um, yeah, I, I'm, it's not serious injury to McKinnon. I think that's a great, uh, that's great news, and uh, they'll start the the next few few round of the games. They get Minnesota twice again. Um, St. Louis Tuesday, and then, Tuesday and Thursday in Colorado. Yeah, that should so be you can, yeah, you can expect uh, probably some some. I don't know if you want to call it repercussions, but you're going to see a little bit more of a a spicy game. Um, then you get St. Louis and St. Louis and then uh, Arizona um, the following Tuesday and Thursday in Colorado. So, um, And then I think a big matchup, which is going to really shape up the standings, is uh, four games against Vegas, three days off in between. Um, so, yeah, it's going to start getting pretty spicy around the league, I think. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, and as far as the schedule goes, I personally, and I'm, I, this would go the same for the Avalanche, uh, um, I think if you can uh, be provide an edge or find an edge to to stay COVID free, um, I think that should be favorable towards towards you. And I think if if you can't show up, then that's a forfeit, and we kind of move on. I don't think 
I, I just don't personally think we can stand to have, you know, anything delayed or anything else at this time. So that's just my personal opinion. It's probably a little bit outlandish or whatever people want to say, but I really <laughs> don't care at this point. We need to get yeah. the show on the road. Yeah, I think I think the uh, the players union would would like to come at you after that, but <laughs> but we'll let we'll let you go on that. You're the GM. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's fine. It, they can come right at it, me, but I, uh, <laughs> I know what you're saying. It, it gets frustrating. I mean, we're talking about a year now, um, so it's it's crazy. Um, the Coyotes on the road against the Blues. This will be the real test for the Coyotes now because their first test was against Vegas. They didn't fare all that well. They came out three and one. Now they've got some of their guys back. They got uh, Ilya Labushkin finally back and uh, on the roster. They made some roster adjustments, if you will. Um, I know they sent down uh, Victor Soderstrom to the uh, Tucson Roadrunners, and uh, they put uh, Kyle Capobianco through waivers and he cleared. So I'm not sure if he's been reassigned to the taxi squad or down to Tucson as well. So they're making some moves. They're preparing. It's a uh, six game road trip for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. It starts in St. Louis. Doesn't get much more difficult than that. Does it? Um, yeah. I mean, I, like I I think as of right now, it's kind of going as a typical season. The Coyotes are kind of feeling out their roster. And like you said, uh, Soderstrom was sent down. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's about that time when, when things are going to start getting, getting rolling. And um, like you had mentioned, you get uh, St. Louis and then wild who seem to be kind of, and, a, and you get the wild back to back in Minnesota. That doesn't sound like fun. Yeah, exactly, and in February, so that's uh, that weather's not fun at all either. So they're going to be going from, you know, sixty degrees. Well, at least it's not an outside game. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's very true. But yeah, I mean, you're going to be going from, you're going to go from winter. I know, honestly, most of these guys are from there anyway, so it's not going to matter and all that. But um, the the weather, at least. But yeah, you, you go to St. Louis, who's is going to be a tough game. Minnesota, which is gonna um, seems to be kind of a wild card within this division. They've got a they've got a competitive team. Um, we'll see the, the competitiveness obviously heat up as things get going, and then you get Colorado. So um, that's gonna be a tough stretch for them. Uh, six games on the road, yeah, that's that's definitely gonna be a tough stretch. But then you get uh, eight games at home, so you're basically looking at three weeks at home. Um, and even if you look into March, they're the first two games in March they play is the fifth and sixth, which is Friday, Saturday, and that's home as well. So you're basically looking at a month at home. So uh, if I was the Coyotes, honestly, embrace the road trip. Uh, they haven't really had um, much of a road trip to speak of. Honestly, they haven't had one at all. The only road trip they've had is, is the Vegas series on the 18th and 20th of, of January, and everything else has been home. So um embrace the the couple weeks on the road and then you get a month at home so um that sounds pretty good (laughs) i hear you well and then when we look at the vegas golden knights uh and we'll get into this more in depth too i just kind of want to touch on what's going on uh with them um everything started from for vegas uh in kind of a spiral downward when they came back from from arizona um they played st louis then there was the uh the COVID protocol that they put them under with a coach and uh, or coaches and a player 
that uh, couldn't um, participate. So the uniqueness comes in, Zach, right here. Last week, about this time, Kelly McCrimmon was becoming the uh, interim head coach for a game against the St. Louis Blues. And it even gets stranger because he needed a staff, and the uh, Golden Knights staff was all quarantined. So they brought in the Henderson Silver Knights staff and put them on on the bench with Kelly. They played one game. Then the next game was canceled uh, when uh, the player came down with COVID. And I think we know who it is, but uh, I'm not going to say it because I, I think it's pointless at this point. But um, So anyway, now the Henderson Silver Knights are getting ready for their preseason games last Friday and Saturday. And what ends up happening? Their coaches now have to go into quarantine with their own players because they've been exposed to the NHL level. So, I mean, so so that brings out uh, Friday night's uh, uh, exhibition opener for the Henderson Silver Knights in the Orleans Arena. And Derek Angland is uh, summoned to be the coach, along with Patrick Brown, who is a player for the Silver Knights, that put the suit on and uh, stood behind the bench on Friday night. So all this is a big snowball effect, and, and all of it comes out like this, Zach. Friday night is the next time the Golden Knights are going to play. So they played Thursday uh, the 28th, or did they not? They played the day before that, I guess. Tuesday. So they haven't played since Tuesday. They're not going to play again now until, um, what? Uh, gosh, I'm just. Well, they'll play Ontario. No, I'm talking about Vegas, the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So they'll play Ontario they'll play the Saturday Kings. is the First, oh, you're talking Golden Knights. Yeah, so the Golden Knights will play the Kings on Friday. So they haven't played since the 26th. Now they're going to have to regroup again, and uh, they get the Kings on Friday the 5th and February the 7th, uh, I mean Sunday the 7th, and they'll be be intertwined, I guess, with their own uh, Silver Knights who will be playing on Saturday night. And... uh, I mean, it's it's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So for the Golden Knights to be 5-1-1, one, and one, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when they come out against the Kings on Friday night. Um, will they need a little time to, to get their legs under them again? Will they be ready to go? Who knows? All I do know is Kelly McCrimmon made his coaching debut, and so did Derek Anglin. And if you'd have told me that at the beginning of the year, Zach, or the beginning of any year, I would have said, we need to have your temperature checked because I think you might be sick. Um, I mean, I don't think I would, I would, I'm with all just the preposterousness that's going on. I would probably just respond like, oh, that's pretty cool. That, you know, that'll be kind of cool for them. <laughs> but I mean, at least for the Derek England park, like that's, that's pretty sick for him to be able to jump behind the bench and, and kind of see what it's like. But, um, well, yeah, how about I mean, this? Patrick Brown joined him Friday night on the bench and then played Saturday the uh, whole two periods that they played on Saturday, Patrick Brown was on the ice playing the game with his teammates. Oh yeah, don't even get me started on that Saturday game. I don't know. I I, I don't understand. We're, the, we're keeping the that for Steven. Steven's gonna join yeah, us in fifteen minutes. We'll, we'll keep that for him. That one. <laughs> but yeah, it's. I mean, in all honesty, like I said, I would have probably just responded I'm like, "Oh, it's pretty cool." You know, it's at this point, I don't know that there's really. Um, anything else that can necessarily surprise me um, with any kind of changes or whatnot, just because it's so um, it's so odd and it seems like everything that 
It seems like the world we live in now is just let's just throw <laughs> wet paper towels at the wall and see what sticks instead of actually thinking things through. So it's yeah, I mean, like I said, it's super cool. Derek Anglin got to jump behind the bench, um, and yeah, it's I just let's just keep this train rolling. And you know, like I said, if you uh, if you can make the game great, if you can't, then we got to keep going. And then when we talk uh, down in Tucson. The Roadrunners have had a unique situation because they went and played uh, a couple of games last week in exhibition style uh, in California against the Ontario Reign. Then they came back and played the San Jose Barracuda before the Barracuda left for Vegas. So now, uh, because of the protocols in Northern California, the Barracuda were supposed to come from Vegas back to Tucson and play home games against the, the Roadrunners starting tonight. And uh, those had to be canceled. So as far as I know, the uh, Barracuda and the Sharks are all back in San Jose. They're waiting for their season to resume uh, at home now, finally. And people go, well, why why are you talking about the Barracuda and the Sharks? Well, it it ties into us a lot because Brinson Pashnik and Steen Pashnik are both uh, either on a roster with the Sharks or a roster with the Barracuda or possibly on the same roster with the Barracuda. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy. But uh, I will say I did get a chance to see Brinson a little bit um, on some video that Steven shot for us, and we'll ask him about that. But he did get a little ice time uh, Saturday night. They uh, they put him out there with the Barracuda just to get some, I guess, ice time in because they haven't really had a chance to look at him in game action yet, the, the Sharks I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um... – well, super excited for both of them. Uh, excited to see what the the next step is for them. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think the Sharks are definitely ready to get back home and kind of, uh, you know, they've been out in Arizona for what all of training camp, and then they did all road games. So, um, you know, I, I'm sure they're definitely ready to get back home, and it's you know, hopefully they'll be able to get get rolling and. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Steve, uh, Steven saw on the ice uh, with Brinson um, to see kind of, you know, what his game action is like at the at the next level. And um, I think you and I both know, especially if anybody's seen kind of Brinson play or, or got to, to speak with him or kind of know his personality, um, that his competitive level is very high. And it's just a matter of time before he gets to slip on a uh, an NHL jersey and, and really make that jump. Okay, so while we're talking about the Sharks, the uh, the Sharks will play Friday night at the Ducks, which is, uh, I don't know if that was supposed to be scheduled that way or not, because I can't keep track anymore, but I- I'm looking at uh, at their website, and that's uh, the going uh, schedule right now is that they'll be headed to the, uh, to the Anaheim area and uh, be taking on the Ducks, and of course they're not in the Anaheim area. I don't know. I mean, this is like... Everything is so crazy. Then they'll play the Kings, apparently. Uh, so they'll they'll go to Southern California and kind of stay there. So um, you being a Southern California guy and knowing that they're playing in different places, what uh, what's your thoughts on uh, the, uh, the the Southern California hockey aspect? Uh, well, I mean, where the Ducks are playing, uh, it's where ASU played Harvard um, when we went out for the the. I guess you call it the holiday games. It was supposed to be a tournament. It ended up being a clash in Southern California. 
Uh, so they're playing at five points yeah. to the arena. And ho- hold on a minute. Let me interrupt you on that. Maybe that's where this all started. We brought Paul Hornstein out. You and I were there. It was supposed to be a tournament. Turned out to be a two-game series with Harvard. Is this where everything started, Zach, for the, for the 2020 season? <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, if you look back at it, yeah, it, it was as kind of a – I mean, it was supposed to be a tournament, and then it ended up being a two-game series, uh, which was still cool. But yeah, I mean now it's kind of back, uh, back to where it started a little while ago, um, and then where the Kings are playing, um, I've been to that rink before. It's their practice facility. Um, I want to say it's in Lakewood, but um, I can't say for sure. But I know when my brother was playing for um, the 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 Junior Ducks organization, the the affiliates that they put on like the youth league. Uh, he made a few trips out to where they're playing now. So I've been to that rink. Uh, it's cold. It, I don't know what they do, but they <laughs> they really drop the temperature in that arena. So, um, yeah, I mean, both both places are, are, are really great, um, especially if you just need to have minimal uh, faculty or minimal uh, media um, and then just whatever TV personnel. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of cool the fact that they're getting out into different areas. It, it would be even better if they can get fans in the stands just to kind of, um, you know, grow the game more out there because it's definitely a, a perfect place to to, um, to have the games, especially for the fans who, you know, can't get out to L.A. or, or Anaheim, just bringing it closer to that community. Okay, so let's do a quick re- recap of the Honda West. I love that. <laughs> They not only got sticker helmets, now but they got sponsors for the league or for the conferences or divisions. Got to pay those bills somehow. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So uh, St. Louis stands atop the Honda West, uh, 13 points. Colorado with 13 points, tied with them, but St. Louis has a game in hand. Uh, Minnesota, I think, is a surprising team, uh, at least from my end of it. Uh, 12 points through 10 games. Vegas Golden Knights with 11 points through seven. Of course, three games at hand on that one. Um, and then the Kings with eight, Anaheim with eight, and uh, Arizona with seven, San Jose with six. Um, the Coyotes ran into a, a drought uh, when they couldn't score against uh, Vegas, and then they couldn't score against Anaheim, and they finally broke out of it a little bit uh, and got a win uh, Saturday night before uh, before they moved on to uh, – St. Louis, where they are right now, awaiting tomorrow night's game. So uh, we talked about this before, Zach, uh, the plus-minus differential, and it's still hard to tell because it's so early and so few games played, but Colorado, plus 13. They're uh, they're putting the puck in the net and keeping a lot of their opponents off the scoreboard as well. Yeah, and a lot of that does contribute to still that 8 nothing game they had against um, St. Louis early on. Um, but yeah, and the other, I mean, not even, well, they also scored seven against St. Uh, San Jose. So when you figure those right. two and then they, they potted five against Minnesota. So, um, they're putting numbers on the board in droves, which is what I think the game plan was in all honesty with the type of roster they have is, is just score as many points as possible. And, you know, what we've talked about before the chink in the chain would probably be the goaltending. Um, but, but right now, I mean, if, if, if they're not leaving it to a close game, 
like uh, last night when it was 4-3 and overtime Minnesota won. Um, if they can kind of pull away, then I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams that's going to be able to match the ability and the talent to score as much. Um, now, Vegas is a very talented team, but I don't know that they have the ability to score as much as Colorado does. Um, but the other aspect is that is is Vegas has got the best goalies in the league right now, the best goalie tandem. So, um, yeah, the plus the plus minus is still a little inflated. Um, but honestly, at this point, if it's still if they still have a big number by the end of this month, you can't really say that anymore because everybody's had time to settle in. And, you know, now it's they're just that good to put the puck in that that many times and, you know, matter of games. So, um, yeah, I think Colorado's plan is is put the puck in the net as many times as possible. Um, if you're going to win, if they're going to win games, they're going to win it by a lot. Uh, if they're going to lose games, they may lose by one or two. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, when you look at Arizona on the flip side, uh, all their games, very, very close, uh, four, three, five, three, four, two, the biggest one would be a five, two, um, a loss and then a win. Um, and then after that, honestly, it's a single point game that they've lost by. So, I think what they're really doing is relying heavily on Ranta and Kemper to stop the puck and then relying on that defense to play um, tough, uh, you know, the gritty type of defense that, uh, that they want. And I think it could also be attributed to something that uh, we have some connection to down here with uh, Greg Powers, what he said when he first started building the team down in ASU. He's got a really big and physical team. Because that was going to be the way they were going to win as a big and physical team, and that's kind of what what Arizona has done in, in with their roster this year. Is they they got a little tougher, and um, I wouldn't say they're 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 really stout as far as their stature and their height, but um, you know that doesn't always account for everything. So um, yeah, I think that the toughness is is really leading to those one goal uh, one goal games. Okay, and I would be remiss if we don't uh, do this before the break. Talk a little bit about the Scotia North because Toronto Maple Leafs are on top after playing 10 games, 15 points. Um, Montreal has dropped back a little bit to 12 points. Vancouver with 12. Winnipeg with 10. Edmonton with 10. Any surprise there that the Toronto Maple Leafs are leading the quote-unquote Canadian League? Um, No, not really. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I think they're the most complete team. I think they're in a similar situation that Vegas is. They've gone if, – if I don't know if you can say they've gone all in, but they've come to the point of if they don't get a Stanley Cup or they don't get real close, uh, it's going to be a massive disappointment. Um, and, I mean, yeah, as far as the Scotia North, I think the – so I have two kind of surprises, uh, maybe three actually – uh, one of them is that Joey Decord has not gotten any ice time with Ottawa. The goaltending up there has just not been great. It's been really bad. Their goal differential is is at a negative twenty two, and, and they're one aspect, seven and one. Yeah, and in that aspect, I don't think that is very inflated because they're a struggling team right now. Um, you know, so I think that minus twenty two is actually legit. Um, so I would maybe look to see if, if Joey's going to get any kind of, uh, ice time this, this year. Um, 
And then third thing is Calgary. Uh, our second thing is Calgary. Honestly, I don't, it's, it's very odd. I think everyone's kind of shocked to see how much talent they have up there and that they're, uh, they're second to last right now. Um, now granted they've only played seven games. They've only played seven games. Um, but there's Sam Bennett has officially asked for a trade, uh, which, um, I don't think is too big of a shock, but then there's also been talk about Johnny Goudreau, maybe not signing an extension. Um, so, you know, you got to wonder what's going up there, going on up there in Calgary, especially since they uh, they picked a lot of Vancouver's free agents up. Um, and then third, I mean Edmonton. I, it, the kind of the the side continues. You've got Drysaddle and you have McDavid, and you are continuing to struggle. So it's a very odd situation with Edmonton. Um, you know, it's, it's something they're definitely going to have to figure out. Um, otherwise I don't know the exact details on McDavid's contract. Um, but you gotta wonder if this continues, what's it going to do for him wanting to stick around? And I, and I don't want to speculate and be that guy who's speculating and, you know, going over all this, you know, this could happen. This couldn't happen. It's just, it's a very odd scenario. The fact that he's got, there's so much talent on that roster and they're just having such a hard time winning. Um, He's he's under contract until 26, 27 seasons, so he's not going to be an unrestricted free agent for a while. So No, it's going to um, have to be a deal if he's going to move. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I mean, there's a lot of teams that would take that. There's I'm, If Gretzky can get traded, anyone can get traded. And oddly <laughs> enough, Gretzky got traded off of the team that McDavid is currently on. So, right. Um, well, how, how long can you go with uh, – with a roster like that and not win because uh, five wins, six losses right now through 11 games. I mean, um, five and six is what they, what Dreisaitl and McDavid had in points the other night in a single game. So <laughs> it's, it's a, uh, it, it's a strange scenario. I agree. I feel for my good friend, uh, the head coach, um, Dave Tippett, because I know nobody works harder at trying to put it together, but he had the same problem with the Coyotes. He just didn't have the, the horses to to do what he needed to do. Well, up there he's got two horses, but I don't know if he's got any uh, riders. Well, I mean, he, I mean, he does – it is tough, you know, looking at the roster, but you do have Ryan Nugent Hopkins, which I don't, I don't think you can necessarily call him a bust. Um because he is a fantastic player. Um, he's a very talented player, but I don't think he's actually, I don't think he's hit the, the ceiling that was expected. Um, he'll be an unrestricted free agent this coming year. So I think that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a real interesting scenario, whether or not they try and trade him at the deadline um, this year. Uh, James Neal, uh, Kyle Turris. I mean, you've got some horses, but the fact that you've got twelve and a half million wrapped up in McDavid, and then eight and a half wrapped up in Drysital, and then you've got six in Hopkins, Neil uh, Neil's got five and three quarter. Like you're spending a lot of money for for guys that maybe aren't really performing as well as they are expected to. Uh, Darnell Nurse, fantastic player, twenty five years old, big body. Um, he's definitely he he's probably working really hard on that defensive level. Adam Larson came back in that Taylor Hall trade, 
young, but 4,166, 4,166,000. That's a big contract. Um, so yeah, I, it's tough to say they signed Tyson Berry. It, it's, I, hear you. I don't know. To answer your question, I don't know how long it's going to take <laughs> until you start to really question what's going on and, and how do we fix this? Okay. I know what's going on. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to our own Stephen Marsh, who uh, was in attendance for uh, a game and two periods uh, at Henderson for the Henderson Silver Knights. We'll take a quick break. We'll come right back and bring Stephen on board with us. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at circusports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at circusports.com. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. If you live in the Valley, you know that there are no shortage of options when it comes to eating Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste combined with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos, which are served all day, to the combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu. 
or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. All right, we're back. Uh, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the fabulous D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. Scott Strandy with you live from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host as always, Zach Bondurant in beautiful Chandler, Arizona, where it's been a balmy 70 degrees plus today. And it's our pleasure to bring on our own beat reporter in the Vegas area for the Silver Knights and the uh, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, Stephen Marsh. So, Stephen, you and uh, Zach and I are all going to hash over what the heck happened at the Orleans Arena Friday and Saturday night. How are you tonight, my friend? Uh, doing great. Uh, yeah, it was an interesting weekend, but I'm glad to be on with you guys to discuss that and and hopefully you guys will be able to hear me okay. I'm in a different room than normal, so hopefully you guys will be able to hear me. You, you sound loud and clear. It's really good. Stay in that room. Don't ever leave. <laughs> that's, that's what it's been like the last year, right? Just stay, just stay, just don't leave, right? Exactly. Okay, yeah. so so let's break this down, Stephen. You were there for the opening night uh, of exhibition hockey for the Henderson Silver Knights. There was so much buildup, obviously no fans, but media was there. The Orleans Arena was set uh, for hockey. Uh, you watch a fabulous game and an outburst in the second period on Friday night for the Henderson Silver Knights against the San Jose Barracuda. Then Saturday rolled around, and um, we'll get to that in just a minute, but it ended up being a two-period hockey game and a one nothing, I guess, officially a lead for uh, the Henderson Silver Knights. So first and foremost, tell us about uh, Friday night at the Orleans. You've seen games there before, I think, and, uh, and uh, you see it now as an AHL facility, what was it like for you walking in there and seeing that action? Well, it was, it was great to see that, you know, it's, as you said, it, it has a lot of hockey history. It, it was the home of the ECHL team, the Wranglers for 11 seasons. And they've tried a couple of hockey things since then, you know, we played a, a game there last, last season. And, and there was a college hockey game that was played uh, there in 2018. So it has, it has history for for hockey, and it, it was great to see. You know, as as you mentioned, the no fans. I was it was it was unfortunate because here you got this this new team. It's an AHL team. It's a still exhibition, but you got the regular season, which starts this week. And you know, you go in there, you go up, and and I was walking the concourse, trying getting to my section, and there's not anybody waiting to come in the gates, to come inside the Orleans, to go, you know, the concession stands are closed. Every you know, there's nothing open. It's like. It, it was it was it was strange in that regard, you know. Sports in the pandemic, we've seen that for a bit, but this is my first chance to be able to go to a live sports event that has no fans. That's kind of just playing with with empty stands. You know, we see it on TV, but but going to these AHL games the last couple of days, um, it's a, it's a strange sight. You know, seeing it seeing it in person. You know, we see what T-Mobile is in in Vegas, no fans, and and, and but but to be there in person, to be at, in the Orleans where you're practically you know, you know, T-Mobile's so high, you know, you go right up to the press level or whatever, and, you know, you probably don't even touch a lot of the concourse. But in New Orleans, you're right there. You walk in the concourse to get to the top of the section you're supposed to be in. And uh, it's unfortunate. But to have the hockey games played there is, is great. Um, it's it's a great thing. And I think when fans are going to be able to come, it's going to be a great atmosphere uh, that they're going to have there for, for the two seasons that they're going to be there before they go out to Henderson. Okay, so I know, I know Zach, oh. Zach wants to ask you a question, so go ahead, Zach. I didn't know if you were on there or not. 
Oh yeah, no. So um so Steven, what was what did they say when that third period was I guess canceled? What, what I want to know what they said over the intercom, I guess because there's no fans it doesn't really matter, but did they just walk around and say, "Hey, this is a situation" or or how did that work? Yeah, no, we're going to get right to it. No, I it was uh they they come out on they the the players are starting to come out onto the ice and actually looking back at it now, it was more uh, Silver Knights players coming out. It was a couple of San Jose players come out, and then they go back onto the ice. And and then the Silver Knights players come all coming out thinking the third period is going to start. And then the officials come out and say they got to go. They're assuming them to go back into the locker rooms, so they're going to do that. And then you know all the media that was there were like wondering what's happening. And and you can see down in the in the area where the the officials are, the PA guy and the and the officials, they're starting to to kind of pack up their stuff. And you're thinking, well, this is kind of strange. Why are they, why are they packing up their stuff? You're thinking, well, and then and, and people around us thinking, I don't think this game is going to continue. And then, you know, a couple minutes later, they get on the intercom and they say, basically they said due to, due to COVID-19 protocols, uh, the rest of tonight's game has been suspended. They should have just said canceled, but they said suspended. And then that, and then that was that. And then, and then they got very quiet, which it wasn't fans in there anyway, but it was, it was pretty quiet. The music stopped playing and, and you just kind of like, Sitting around thinking, wow, you know what's what's just happened, you know, and and we've seen it in other things, but you just when you see it, when you experience it yourself, it's just kind of like, wow, okay, we, we expect to come out for the third period, and and they come out in the intercom and they say, you know, the rest of this game has been uh, has been suspended due to COVID nineteen protocols. That's all they would say. They wouldn't go into more detail at the time, so that's all you really knew at that time. But um, you kind of can make your assumptions about what the case was, and some of some assuming it was a golden silver knights thing because of what the Golden Knights have gone through this week, but turned out that wasn't the case. So, so Stephen, let me tell you, when, when I was listening to it on the radio and getting reports from you uh, back here in Arizona, uh, the first thing that went through my mind when, when I heard uh, uh, Brian uh, say that, that, that the uh, Henderson or that the uh, San Jose Barracuda haven't come onto the ice, I was going like, what in the world is going on? And I flash back immediately to about five years ago when I was in Tucson watching the Roadrunners play um, the uh, Manitoba Moose. And Craig Cunningham had his uh, cardiac arrest uh, episode happen right at center ice. And um, immediately that went. I don't know why that came back. I guess it was the eerie feeling of the teams leaving the ice and the, the unknown and things that you don't expect in a hockey game. But I remember that game so vividly um, because both teams were so confused as to what just happened that they went to the same locker room, which is, which is really unusual. Um, and then I was hearing the report from, from you know, the play-by-play guy, Brian, uh, up in uh, McCormick, up in, uh, in the Orleans, say the same thing that and, I, and the first thing that went through my head was oh my god there must be a medical emergency in the uh san jose locker room what went through your head when that was going on did you think it was really uh a protocol from covid right away or did you think it was something else no i th- I, I just the way things have been the, the in, in the climate the last year or so I, I i definitely felt like it was a covid thing i mean it 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 just i, I mean i was you know, I mean, I just didn't think of what other reason it could be. I no, no other things like that crossed my mind, because um, and I and, and I was almost thinking, is this a, you know, what was the situation? Because we had already knew what was happening with the Golden Knights this this past week, and and of course the 
they, with their with their team and players, and then the, the Silver Knights coaches having to fill in behind the bench, but they haven't been near their team the last few days. So except other than from a distance, so it's not. But you just think, well, is there a chance that that this trickled to the Silver Knights? So I I, I felt it was certainly a, a COVID thing. Um, and then as you look more at the video, I was kind of in a in not a, the best of spots to see the benches, but we had a they had the TV the crews that were there. They were over on the other side of the arena, and he got. A, a good shot of the benches and you can see them spraying down um, the bench of the San Jose team, the, the t- officials of the um, San Jose trainees or whatever equipment people. And, and when you think of that, you think, well, this is why would they be spraying this down? And then you can kind of assume that it was going to be a, a COVID thing. But um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was probably a COVID thing just because it's, it's just been how things have gone the last year or so. And we've seen so much postponements and, um, it, it bothered. It, it's interesting that this happened in the middle of the game, and it reminds me of when this all kind of started back in March. As we're kind of now almost a year into this, and games started, and then they they postponed games in the middle uh, in the middle of games because of you know the COVID was getting they were starting to get concerned. So you know it's 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 a uh, it's an interesting time that we're in, and 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 it's probably a. A, a game I won't forget just be, for that for that reason. So, Stephen, you had had a chance to see uh, Brinson get some ice time with the Barracudas. Um, I don't know if you had the uh, the opportunity to see him play in person yet, but um, what did you gather from just his his time on the ice? Well, you know he. He he didn't play. I don't believe he played the Friday game. So he was in the line. His, his Steen, I believe, was in uh, the lineup on the Friday game, and then I guess Saturday he was in because uh, Friday night you had an eighty, and that was Steen Pashnuk, and then and then I was I saw Pashnuk with fifty, and and uh, I was like, well, did he switch numbers? And then and then I had it dawned on me that that Brinson's also in, in in the organization, so he hadn't he only played Saturday, and and then we only saw two periods of it, so. Um, you know, it's he's he's a good player. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, you guys are, are more familiar with him than, than I am. I mean, not following following ASU uh, for as long as you guys have, and and me just kind of from a distance. But uh, he's he's a he's a good player. I mean, he's you know from where I'm positioned, he he looks small, but they all look small from where I'm at. I mean, I'm not way up top, but I mean, I'm I'm pretty pretty far. <laughs> everybody pretty looks far away. everybody looks small from where Steven sits. <laughs> well, so I was like trying to get pictures, and 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 I'm like, I need Zach's camera because I'm I'm from where I'm. I'm trying to get it on my phone. I'm like, you try to get any close ups of these guys from where, where we're allowed to be. It's it's uh, you, you can't really get any good good shots. I got a couple of videos, but you know, but it's it's uh, but he's he's a good he's a good player. I mean, I as it was hard to kind of kind of follow real real closely, and but um, he was. I think he's a. He did take a penalty in the in the game and went into the box, but he's a. I think it's somebody that has has certainly the potential to 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 make to make some noise in the in the American Hockey League and and hopefully maybe make make a make a stab at the NHL someday. We'll have to see. Okay, so so the Pashnik brothers were there. Um, I kind of want to put a wrap on this COVID thing because you saw it, uh, the unusual part of the way the the Vegas Golden Knights had to draw from the, the likes of Kelly McCrimmon, the GM, and also from the Henderson Silver Knights coaching staff. Then you saw 
Derek, and we talked about this a little earlier, Stephen, before he came on, but we talked about Derek Anglin getting his chance to uh, to be on the bench, uh, as unexpected as it was, and getting his first win. And then even to complicate or confuse things even more, Patrick Brown was on the bench Friday night on the ice Saturday night. Um, right. And then and then you see pictures from the Orleans Arena, and you see this group of uh, Barracuda slash Sharks that were all gathered that weren't playing Saturday night, and they're all in a, in a, a section of the uh, arena. Uh, it, it's just, it, it, I guess, uh, Paul Hornstein, my co-host on, on Sunday and Tuesday night, said bizarre was the word. What would be the word that you would use for that? That probably is a good word. Uh, strange is a word that comes to mind, too. It's just, it's... It really is a strange thing. I mean, but it it's as storylines that you don't really think about at the time. I mean, I, as you go into last week, you're thinking, okay, Silvernight's training camp has started, uh, well, two weeks ago, but, you know, this second week of it, you know, you got the, pre, the exhibition games coming up this weekend, or, you know, that last weekend, and then you got the regular season coming up this, this weekend, and you say, okay, we know COVID's there, but they're trying to, they're trying to get these, you know, trying to get a season in, and and so far so good and then then we see what's happened with the golden knights and all of a sudden um the silver knights coaches and, and i i said this I, I said how how appropriate and how how the timing is is pretty impeccable to think and i, I mean as regards to bringing the ahl team to the same city essentially and now being able to tap into the silver knights coaches who are in the same city practically and say hey we need your help behind the bench tonight because our, all of our coaches are, are, are quarantining or I can't be, can't be in person. So then they can go and, and do that. But then when that does for them is now they're, they're behind the bench. And so at, at a pro at a precaution and protocol, they then in turn cannot be on the ice with their players for a few days. So then who do you call on? Well, you call on somebody that just retired, knows a thing or two about playing hockey and certainly knows a thing or two about playing in the Orleans for at least for a couple, for his first couple of seasons of pro hockey, and that's Derek England. So, but the day before that, Patrick Brown, who's the captain of the team, runs the practice. The coaches are watching from above, <laughs> and then they decide, let's call on Derek England. Who, who you think about Derek England? And this guy just retired. He's finding a, his new chapter in his, his his career, his hockey career, just in his life, and you know, helping with with the, with the charity stuff, but. Um, but not soon long, you know, he's already being called upon to help with the Silver Knights. And now there's questions being raised about, you know, is he, oh, could he make a pretty good coach? And now maybe he's thinking, maybe I have a coaching future ahead of me. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's really strange in a strange year as we're trying to now get the, you know, play hockey and do these things under these conditions that everything for the Golden Knights seemed to go fall into place. Then we've had some Golden Knights games postponed since then, but just being able to, kind of keep things going. They were able to have the Silver Knights coaches, as I said, behind the bench Tuesday. They were able to call upon Derek England to help be on the ice with the players at practice and then even behind the bench for the games that weekend as we found out more coaches and, and a player for the Golden Knights tested positive. Then, of course, you know that the coaches for the Silver Knights were on the bench that night. So, you know, they were wearing those N95 masks, though I noticed that. So they, I, I think in their mind they, they, were, they were honored and, and willing to help, but in their mind they're thinking – Oh, what, what are we going to get ourselves into? So they're like, we're going to wear these N95 masks so we can really protect ourselves in case <laughs> in case something comes about later. Because they don't want to – because then what happens if they get exposed and they're out and they can't be with their team and they're trying to get their season started. And so, you know, it's it just 
it's just sports in this in this in this last year or so has been really a a and we've seen it from afar with other leagues and stuff trying to do it, but now that it's starting to affect it started to affect within the same city here, the Golden Knights, and then you know through that the Silver Knights, then it you really you really kind of under you start to understand exactly how how crazy and and strange and whatever words you want to use these times are. But you know, one thing I noticed too, going back to what happened Saturday night is after all that was announced, you know, it was just kind of this the shock and awe, and, and then it prompted me, I'll do a little video thing. Well, I stayed for about another 10, 15 minutes, and the San Jose players that were in the stands, they didn't leave the stands because at this point, now you got to now – now your wheels are turning, thinking, okay, now we know that a player came back positive. Now this becomes an issue now. You got, you know, you got to make sure that the players that are in the stands don't go down there for sure, and then you keep them up there and maybe, you know, and hope that they didn't – they didn't have the contact with this with this player, and, and we don't know who, who that was for San Jose. But uh, you know everything came back good Saturday, then they, or Friday, and then Saturday they play, and, and you wonder. And we don't want to make make too much of this, but you know, as you, how did this happen? You know, how did how did you find out in the middle of the game that this happened? It reminds me of the of the World Series when the Dodgers Justin Turner he finds out in the seventh inning, and so they pull him off the field. They still, amazingly, they still finish the game. And then, you know, so you think, well, how do they do that? But hockey is maybe a little bit tougher because there is a little bit more of a closer contact. And you're on the bench, you're tied up, you know, baseball, they're able to spread out more and stuff. But it's uh, it's a strange, it's strange for sure. And, and but then you have to, the San Jose players, you know, now you got to keep them from, from getting close to the rest of their team. So then, you know, how does that going to work? You know, how, how do they get back to the, the hotel rooms and, and, or that they left town and then, you know, are they going to all be able to get back on the bus or, or what, you know? So it's, that's a, that's <laughs> it, a situation I, where I, I, I it's, a, it's to tougher. Laugh, but... It's t- it's tougher. It's tougher for them because they're the road team now. Silver Knights, right. it, if it would have been them, it sort of, I would have been tough too because, but they, you know, they're, they're, they're home. But, you know, if you're on the road and this happens to you, then it's a little bit more tricky. That's always the, the challenge when you, when you're trying trying to do these sports that are not in a bubble, it's uh, there's always that challenge. I mean, it's who's to say that you know the Golden Knights they t- their first road trip of the season they go down to Arizona and then they come back and, and what do you know they they're dealing with COVID you know not going to put the blame on our, the fine folks in Arizona but you just you just never know you know it's one thing to be at home when you're trying to stay home and you know you say you can't go to the store and all that but once you go on the road and even though you try to replicate a bubble atmosphere it just shows you. You just don't know who you're going to come in contact with. Maybe you came in contact with a, a worker at the arena that maybe, you know, or, or something, you know, even though people are supposed to be wearing masks and, and getting tested, but not, I'm sure not everybody that works at the hotels that, that they were in are, are being tested or not everybody that's at the arena is being tested every day. Like the players are there. They go through certain protocols and stuff to, to ensure safety, but it just shows that. And, and with, just with COVID itself, people, Take as much precaution as they can, and they still and it still finds a way to hit them. So it just shows you so, that. Let, let me ask you this, Stephen, uh, and I hate to interrupt you, but I, I want to throw we'll this go out right there. ahead. I think what's wondering uh, through everybody's minds, I know Paul, Zach, myself, uh, all agree on this: is that uh, how did you start the game, play a period, play a second period, and then all of a sudden in the third period? I mean, why would you not? I would think AHL protocol has to be that um, the tests come back and you have the results before you start the game. So uh, why 
why in the third period? I mean, that that's just blows my mind. Any thoughts on that? No, you're you're exactly right. I, I think it's it's an interesting situation because you know, and Kelly McCrimmon was actually asked about this today by the media uh, because of what happened with with the AHL game, and, and he says that you know the NH you can speak on that, but he said that as far as the NHL is concerned, they they get uh, their results back within a few hours uh, before the certainly well enough before the game, and so then you know if if there's a negative or a positive test. Uh, the American Hockey League team, you know, it's they get they get tested every day too, but you're not sure exactly, you know, when when they're getting getting the results back. But I would think that you would want those results back in before the the game starts, because yeah, because then that what happens? Then you go into you go into um, you know you go into these things about then you get a test result back in the middle of the game, and they've already started playing two periods. Well, now this this player has been out on the ice. He's been sitting near his teammates, and the players aren't wearing masks during the game, and they're out on the ice. They're sitting close to their teammates on the on the bench. The coaches are wearing masks behind the bench, and everything else. But it's um, it's pretty uh, interesting, you know. It's if maybe if you're unsure, if if not every if a certain player didn't get a test result back, maybe you don't play him. You play him on the you play him on the bench, you know, playing that game, and just and just waiting until you get if you know for sure, because well, it's, it's a, let me it's ask a, you it's this: a, it's a risk and it's a challenge. From what you know at this point, is the AHL going to come out with a statement on this ever? Is San Jose going to come out with a statement? Or is it now bygones be bygones? We're not going to ever find out why this protocol happened this way. Oh, I I, I can't speak if there's something official that's going to come out. But I, I'm, I would almost guarantee that the AHL has probably looked at this situation and and see, because this is the first situation we've seen now with the American Hockey League, as far as I understand it. There's been some exhibition games with some, some other teams, but I don't, as far as I understand it, there hasn't really been any any issue now t- to this point. But um, they're certainly going to look at look at things and and see what what happened here and and what can we do to avoid this from happening again. Um, because it's one thing if you get a, a test result back and it's positive, you know, then you can. Before the game, then you make decisions if maybe the game needs to be postponed or whatever. But now you've you've played you're playing the game, and you get this result in the middle of the game, um, then you then you have to stop the game. You know that's that's more of a challenge because you've already played the game, and then you have to you have to stop the game. Well, imagine if this was a regular season game. What what would what would they do? They would with with the third period. You know you. You would just say, okay, the game's over. You're going to give the win to the Silver Knights because they were ahead after two. Or do you say, well, we can't finish this game, but we're going to at another time. You're going to you're going to come back and you're going to play a period. I mean, you know what what happens at this point? It's it's much easier, I think, if you find out beforehand and you have to cancel the whole game as tough as that may be, and you can reschedule for another day when you know there's a situation. But again, if you find out in the middle of the game and you have to stop the game after a couple of periods, what happens? I mean, I mean. It, so hopefully in regards to the players and being safe and contact tracing, but just in regards to getting a game in and getting a win or a loss. I mean, that's, that's, that's going to be uh, something that, you know, hopefully they won't have to do. So yeah, I imagine the AHL will look in, look into what happened here and, and hopefully they can avoid this from happening again and, and maybe come down and say, if you don't get a, a test result back and you're unsure of, of something, then that player needs to sit out out of, out of precaution. All right, Zach, you got one final one for Steven? 
No, I think the the preposterousness and his explanation of how they decided <laughs> everything kind of kind of puts me at awe at the absolute brilliance that we have working in this world. So I'm good. It didn't it didn't take very long. It took two ga- two games, not even a full well, the second game of me going and covering the, the, the Silver Knights games before now something we know strange the problem. happened. It, it, well, <laughs> it became like I'm thinking, you know. We, we've seen the goal that I see. We've seen what other people that are covering other sports and having to deal with and everything, and and now being able to to be involved with with helping with covering the Silver Knights and getting access to go to these games and and it only took second game before we all had to experience a, a COVID thing. Also, now I'm having to report about a postponement, and you know you see it from afar when other things happen, and you're having to be you're kind of there, and and there's not that anybody in the building other than maybe ten media members, and obviously the, the one doing the games, and 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 you're like you feel a sense of responsibility to try to get the information out there because the ones that are not at the game are, are, you know, wondering what's going on. And, and it's like, you know, what happened, you know, what happens and, and you don't really know cause they don't give you a lot of information. You know, I was, uh, I was like, they're packing up and they're, they're packing their stuff up in there. I'm thinking, and they're like leaving the, leaving out of the glass. I'm thinking, are they just not going to say anything? I mean, they're just going to let us limbo. And then, and then they finally come on and say, uh, you know, due to COVID protocols, the, the rest of this game has been suspended, you know, and, and then that was it. And then it just, everything was, you could hear a pin drop in that building, although it wasn't very loud to begin with because there was no fans. But we knew that there was music going, at least within, between the plays or something was going on, but it just got real quiet. And it was just like, wow, what just, what just happened? And, and, it, and, it, and you wouldn't expect, and at this point, you shouldn't come to really be surprised of anything, but it still seems to surprise every time it happens. You're just like, you know, in this in this case, you know, <laughs> the big the big why is how did it how did it how did it come back in the middle of the game and then you have to stop yeah. the game in the middle instead of trying finding this out before a game and and having the game be postponed if it needed to be or if there was a way you could just not have that player play and maybe maybe well, they I- could. I got this news for you, Stephen. This is a news flash. If you've already played two periods, you might as well play the third because you can't do any more damage than you've already done, in my yep. estimation. Yep. So, I mean, well, if you're not going to give the results before the game, then play the game and talk about it afterwards because uh, you've already done 40 of 60 minutes on the ice, and I know the importance of it. I know all of that, but the damage. And it was an exhibition game, Scott and Zach. It was an exhibition game. I know. So I mean, it's not a game that. So I guess that made it a little bit easier to decide that. But as I said a few minutes ago, what if this is a regular season game? What if this happens in the regular season game? They feel like okay, we need to post. We need to stop the game. And it's in the middle of the game. What what happens? I mean, it's like it can't. It's like when it's like when a baseball game it gets suspended in the fourth inning, and then you got to come back a couple of days later and finish the game. But I don't think that works in hockey as well. Yeah. So one thing I think to to kind of say to Stephen's point is it is an exhibition game, so it definitely does make it easier. But I guarantee you one thing is if 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 this was to happen between Pittsburgh or Boston or Colorado or Vegas for this outdoor games that's coming up in February, they would just do the Justin Turner thing and pull the one player. They can't afford to lose the money no, to right for having no. like that no, on the national stage. But, so it, but before it's that, Zach, that and it's kind of – Before that, you, you have to have your protocols done before the game. And then oh, you yeah, can't 100%. look at Somebody protocols again until after the game. That you can't you can't be looking at protocols in the middle of the game. It's either before or after. It's it's not. Yeah, somebody definitely so anyway. dropped the ball on that one. 
so so that's my my point on it. A um, couple things just to wrap things up, and I know we're running a little late, but um, Stephen, I, I want to ask you a couple questions in a minute. But the one person that I felt most sorry for was Dylan Ferguson, who uh, had not played mm. Friday night and came in and played half of the second period and was scheduled to get his opportunity to play the full third period. Um, and to be that, honest, I didn't really, I didn't even, I didn't even really notice that that had, that it happened because again, it was. It was on the far the far end, and you know, new normally the the PA. And I think they're they're testing some things out. They did some different goal songs. So I think maybe they're gonna pick one out before that. I know it was a big people were wanting to know that. I think at least I know uh, Mr. Sinbin uh, Ken was 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 tweeting information out about that. Um, I think they they had a female PA person on Friday. They had a male one on Saturday. So maybe they're they're auditioning that too. Uh, but normally you'll hear when a, a goaltending change is made or something like that. You'll hear some announcement. Unless I missed that, I didn't hear any sort of announcement, so I had no idea that Ferguson well, had even came in because it's way on the far end. And I'm, I, you can see the goalie there, but you don't really can't really see up close unless it's on the, you know, and it happened to be on the far end that period. So I, and I had no idea. And then I saw that Ferguson had came in, and I'm like, yeah. And you're right, <laughs> and he barely, he didn't really get any time to to play because he comes in and about ten minutes. He came into the, I guess, yeah, that makes sense. Which makes sense. That way, thirty minutes of action for. For uh, Thompson, and then ideally thirty minutes, you know, a period and a half of, of for uh, Ferguson, but obviously that that didn't transpire that way. But yeah, hopefully. Okay. And then, and then the final thing is, I'm uh, attempting to uh, to be up there on Saturday. I'd like to be there for uh, history making of the original opening night for the Henderson Silver Knights. So knock on wood, keep everybody safe till I get there. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm going to ask you this, uh, and we'll wrap it up on this is. Um, the atmosphere. We know the Vegas atmosphere at T-Mobile. I know you told a few people on social media and you, you told me uh, that it was good, but what, what was the atmosphere uh, in Henderson slash the Orleans Arena for AHL hockey? And we'll, we'll make it quick and short on that. Well, you know, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to kind of gauge. I mean, you know, with the Golden Knights, we NHL, we, we we have a comparison because we we've seen the the three years up to this point with the Golden Knights games are obviously electric and the music's blaring and and the fans are cheering. And then what we've seen this year, obviously, they're they're trying to keep that up as best as they can. But there's obviously no fans at T-Mobile right now. But from what I understand, that's still pretty loud in there with the music. With the Orleans and with the AHL, it's it's tough to to gauge because we haven't seen. We haven't seen anything different. All we've seen right now is an empty arena. We've seen uh, the music playing. Uh, they have a pretty loud goal horn, so when they score a goal, the, there's a pretty loud horn that goes off, and and they are keeping, I think, with this ho- this horse theme and stuff because uh, they I think a lot of the, the music, maybe the goal song they end up choosing, is going to be kind of a horse related and it has a theme to it, and and they they do something at the end of the game. Instead of the three stars of the game, they do the three spurs of the game. So they're they're kind of being kinky and creative with that sort of stuff. So, and but they wanted. I think when you're going to see fans in there, it's it's going to be electric because I I would have I'm sure that and maybe we won't look at it for this season, but if we want to talk about the following season when the pandemic's over with, is there's going to be every game is going to be packed. I would imagine just like the Golden Knights games are. And it's 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 going to be I can imagine it being loud. I remember, like I said, going to the Wrangler games, and that was an ECHL team, and and it wasn't even off wasn't even full a lot of nights, 
lot of nights it was pretty full, but it didn't get completely full, and it was still a great atmosphere. So it'll probably be that, and not even greater once you can get a full full house in there. So it's uh, it's it's going to be, and maybe they're going to do some stuff on opening night for the regular season that they didn't do for the exhibition because they didn't want to give anything yeah. away. I don't know, but so we we have to wait and see what happens with the regular season opener. But uh, okay, but, you well. know, it was yeah, it was it was it was quiet. I know at one point. You, the San Jose broadcaster who was like on the, on the other side when San Jose was trying to climb back into the game on Friday, they scored, and you can hear him. He was like, oh, it was the greatest thing, you know, and you could hear it because there was nobody, there was no music playing, there was nobody, no, no, no booing or anything, so you could hear him uh, from the other side of the arena, so. Okay, well, thanks for the report. Thanks for being there for us. Hopefully we'll see and they, you Saturday And they night. do think the game, I think they still think the game will go on uh, for the coaches. They're going to resume practice tomorrow, the Silver Knights, and the coaches will be able to rejoin their team on the ice uh, starting tomorrow. So we just got to pray that and that everything works out. That whatever exposure maybe happened from the from the San Jose side of things uh, didn't affect the the Silver Knights, and okay. that the game will go forward on Saturday, and we can uh, get the season started for the the AHL club. Okay. Well, maybe you'll see me and Zach there. We're both working on uh, trying to figure out a way to get up there and uh, and cover the game with you. So. We'll see what happens. In the meantime, thanks for all the coverage. Uh, be safe up there in Vegas. And uh, you know what? Three spurs to you. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, it's, three, I asked Reed Duke about that. The three spurs of the game. The three yeah, spurs of the game. Right. No, I got it. No, I asked Reed Duke <laughs> okay. about that, like what he thought. Because Reed Duke was the – we even talking about Reed Duke. You know, he's, he's the first Golden Knight signee, and he gets the well, very first – We don't first... have two days. <laughs> we only have well, an hour show. <laughs> well, we can talk about it on Wednesday, maybe when we do our show. But, but yeah, it's uh, it should be great. I, I'm looking forward to the the season, and hopefully, within the next few weeks or maybe next month, they can at least get some fans in there, and then they can start working and getting more people in there to join. All right, we got to get a longer show if we're going to have you on as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, that's our own Stephen Marsh from Las Vegas. Thanks, Stephen. I appreciate it. Uh, Zach, go ahead and take it away, and we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra smooth, Arizona-owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Voted the best Ford dealer in Arizona, Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giants, the presenting partner of Sunday Special. Asked to see our friend Kevin Wood telling Mice Time Hockey, SW sent you to see the top-selling line of Ford trucks and more. The D Las Vegas Resort Casino, from Fremont Street Experience to the iconic American Coney Island Restaurant, we are more than just a great gaming action. Book your spot at the D.com. Verizon, the 5G and the 5G Ultra Band for business that America's been waiting for. Buy summer skates. Fall, winter, it doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the ice the summer skates banner. Buy Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com where you can provide all your hockey needs for inline or ice. See the website or three valley locations for more. Whether it's playoff time or any time, it's always time for the best barbecue in Las Vegas. Call us at 1-702-541-5546. Go to jessieraysbarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, it's all about the butt. By M-Drive, Mondays isn't just for Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. It's also gym day. Go to mdriveformen.com and use promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off. M-Drive for energy, stamina, and recovery. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, and all the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week 
on the Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, the Podbean, Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is present, presented by the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino as part of the IceTimeSW.com network. Very well done, my friend. We ran a little long, but for good reason. Uh, great topics, great cons- discussion. We'll ask you to tune in again tomorrow night for College Hockey Southwest Weekly. And we have a very special guest from the U.S. National Team Development Program. Ty Murchison is going to join us uh, tomorrow. It will be recorded earlier, but tune in at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time to uh, to get the uh, entire show on download and uh, on the Podbean app and everywhere else you get it. So we're looking forward to having the young man who will be a Sun Devil in the very near future just before they play the Arizona State Sun Devils here at Oceanside Ice Arena on Thursday and Friday. Um, we'll also be back Wednesday with Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. And, of course, we are the hockey, uh, the quad pod of hockey podcasts, Sunday through Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, live on the Podbean app. We'll say goodnight with a little uh, uh, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers De Niro. Thanks to Stephen Marsh for joining us. Thanks to Zach Bondran, my co-host as always, and we'll say goodnight. <laughs>